Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the Caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and as per usual, I have a comic for us to look at. But before we get to that, I want to do a little bit of uh, house cleaning here, because some of you probably have noticed by now, since I was so giddy about it on Twitter, and if you're looking at your devices, you will have seen we have a new logo! That's right, there is a new icon for the show. And all credit to that goes out to friend and listener Gregory Litchfield. Greg, thank you so much for doing that. I really do appreciate it, and it looks stunning. Don't you think so, folks? I do. So, getting into things... We are going to look at Adventures of Superman, number 508, from 1994 today. And um, this was suggested by a listener. Um, I'm actually blanking on who did. I want to say it was Superman Radio Revisited. Don't, don't, if if that's not who it is, I'm sorry. Uh, Do correct me, please, 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 because I want to give you credit for this. Oh, so, diving right into everything, Superman, The Adventures of Superman, number 508, from January of 1994, titled, The Future Is Now! Writer was Carl Kiesel, pencils by Barry Kitson, inks by Ray McCarthy, colors by Glenn Whitmore, letters by Albert de Guzman, Editors were Mike Carlin and Frank Piterese. And I am uh, flat out stealing this synopsis from the DC Fandom Wiki. So, you know, don't, don't give me credit for this one, folks. They did a whole lot better job with it than I would. Arriving in the present via Time Cube, the Challengers of the Unknown and their foe Tico begin a chase through Metropolis. After the villain eludes the Challengers of the Unknown, Clark Kent and Lois Lane comfort Cat Grant at her son Adam's funeral. A man named Ira Green approaches Cat and tells her about his missing daughter, Sasha. Cat agrees to help him. Tico acquires five elemental rings, but some random thugs steal them from him and turn into giant elemental monsters. At the Daily Planet, the challengers talk to Perry White just as the monsters come tearing down the street of Metropolis. 
The challengers engage them, and later on, so does Superman. Tico's elemental monsters are destroyed. Tico shows up with the final ring, which projects a vacuum. Because, you know, that's the fifth element. Entropy. Or the void, or whatever. Sorry, that, that's me cutting in on their synopsis. <clears throat> Back to the synopsis. But the... But the final ring is incinerated by the Man of Steel's heat vision. The challengers and their foe return to 1958. And it should be noted, according to the issue, that this story takes place between panels 1 and 2 of the last page of Challengers of the Unknown number 4. Alrighty. So, at this point, I'm going to take a quick promo break. And be back with my thoughts. Just when you thought it was safe to hear a podcast promo. Brave and bold. Comic books. Brave and bold. Comic books. JL mate do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL mate the annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back and we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlooked Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this May. JL May do 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 Brave and the Bold do 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 Comic Book do 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 Mephisto Hey! That it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show. <laughs> okay. So, what did I think about this issue? Well, as it was suggested to me to read it, it was indeed a very enjoyable one and done. The only thing in this that carries on from one issue to the other really is the Cat Grant story. Honestly, before I dive into anything, I'll tell you I am kind of hit and miss on the Challengers. It's it's kind of one of those things like when the Challengers are good, they're really good. But when they're bad, they're really bad. You know, you have to understand the challengers work best, at least to me, they work best as, in concept, movie serial heroes. You know, they, they are essentially a team of four Flash Gordons. That basically, you know, just kind of sums them up. They, yeah, the... They're Republic serial heroes. And quite honestly, Carl Kiesel gets this. He totally understood the assignment. Between him and Barry Kitson, okay, first of all, we all know I am 
strongly in favor of Carl Kiesel and Barry Kitson both being on basically anything, right? Right. Well, this looks incredible. It reads incredible. They get that Tico is a serial villain. Everything in here pops. This It flows perfectly smooth. It, it's really wonderfully fun. My favorite part of this book really has to be when the challengers like go to the, the Daily Planet, trying to look for Superman, and they come across Perry White. And Perry is... Well, I mean, he has like a fanboy moment because he's like, holy, you know, you know, he uses the great shades of Elvis, uh, you know, the, the thing that they had in, had Perry saying on the Lois and Clark show at the time. But, you know, Perry's just all great shades of Elvis. It's the challengers of the unknown. They're just like, oh, you know us? And, uh, um, you know, we realize we're here from the past, but, you know, do you? I didn't realize we'd be famous, and Perry's just like, I got to cover one of your stories way back when, when I was a cub reporter, and just on and on. It's, it's, it is absolutely wonderful. It's one of the best pages in the entire book, and I, I know you'll love it if you read it. <sighs> now, as for um, any sort of drawbacks in this issue, um, the... The rings give the thugs elemental powers, so, I mean, I was looking at it, and I'm just kind of like, oh, so we're, um, we're, we're doing knockoff Captain Planet now? I mean, you know, it works. It works, don't get me wrong. I'm overselling how bad it is. It's actually really good. It just... I don't know. It, it came across as a little cheesy. But, I mean, it's it's thugs in Metropolis. They're going to just walk up and steal whatever from whoever. Right? Especially some costume criminal um, villain guy that Tico is. Yeah. I like Tico's beard. Tico's got a really cool beard. He's got a villain goatee. He'd make Mirror Universe Spock proud. Also, another thing of, of note at the end is um, when the when the challengers leave and Superman departs, he's sitting there thinking of himself, you're not, you know, the challengers aren't just a memory. They're an inspiration. And as he flies off, you get to see the gravestone of Professor Walter Haley. So, you know, the, the whole issue kind of comes around, and it's, it's really cool. So definitely, folks, definitely go out and check this out. I promise you won't pay much for it at your local shop. It's going to be probably in the cheap bins. And I almost... I'm certain that it's on the DC Universe app. Check it out. Read it. It's a heck of a lot of fun. You'll get a real good feel for like who the challengers are and why they can be fun. So, yeah. Th thanks uh, again, Superman Radio Revisited, or whoever it was for sure that 
recommended this one. I really enjoyed it. I am thrilled that I did get out there and find it. And I hope everyone else listening takes a moment to read this one. It is really fun. So I'm going to take another quick promo break and be back with some listener feedback. Superman Radio Revisited. Hosted by Matthew T. Cody. This is going to be a new podcast which will be exploring the Superman radio show of the 1940s. It will begin by playing an episode unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, uncut. Followed by my commentary. We're going to talk about the era a little bit and any interesting things that crop up in the episodes. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to make it an interactive show. So come along. It's going to be a great time. Thanks for sticking with me, folks. This is the feedback portion, where, of course, I talk about everything that you said to me about last episode. And speaking of last episode, that was Over the Edge number 7 from Marvel, starring Doctor Strange and Nightmare. It got likes, shares, retweets, all the fun stuff from Chris Lydon, Billy D. Mount Lucha Sacrificio Dark, Shingi underscore 70, Tuck at Tuck Says, Gene Hendricks, Gregory Litchfield, you know, the guy that designed this show's new logo, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Al Sedano, Phil Beer, David Ace Gutierrez, Ron Randall, Christatos, Ed Moore, at Boo underscore Suko, Spacehog125, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, and Jackson Zelda. Over on the Twitters, Gregory Litchfield said, I prefer a 20-ounce mug of a Coffee and Comics episode, but I'll take this Dimatase cup. I haven't heard of this Marvel series. Not surprising, I wasn't reading Marvel in the 90s. I love the, it's 99 cents on the cover. A selling point, given the indie books I was reading were 250. Yeah, no kidding, Greg. Uh, Marvel books at the time were still uh, like 150, almost about to hit 199, I think. Not sure, somewhere in there. Uh, so yeah, anything that was a, a buck an issue was definitely very welcome. And we got an email from Jason Zeller, who says, It's good to have you back here in 2023 with more classic coffee and comics adventures. Over the Edge is not a book I ever read, so thanks for covering it. Seeing Dr. Strange K... Excuse me, let me try that again. Seeing Doctor Strange's cape as a trench coat was interesting, and let us know that this was definitely in the late 90s. 
It was nice to see Nightmare actually helping and teaming up with Doctor Strange for once, despite the cool cover for them facing off. It looks like Sherwood was definitely going to get his at the end by way of Nightmare. I sure would not like to be him. I also really dug the smaller scale occult detective type of story versus a large cosmic battle. Yeah, you and me both, Jason. I really dug that concept. Just wish they would have stuck with it. And that seems to be it for our feedback. So, thank you once again for listening. Thank you everyone who shared the show and wrote in, all that kind of stuff. So, normally, uh, we really, you know, I don't announce what's coming up because I don't always know. But... I'm going to tell you all right now, it's time to brush up on your brave and your bold. That's right, folks. It's coming up time for J.L. May. And yours truly is participating once again. And what is everyone covering this year? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It is the 2000s iteration of The Brave and the Bold. And... We're covering it all, folks. All the way from number one to the end. Across multiple shows with multiple hosts. So, definitely be ready for that, folks. So, until next time. This is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. 